Support for this episode is brought to you by the official sponsor of the show, SipTequila.com. Did you know that Sip Tequila has curated tequila flights that bundle some of your favorite brands and saves you money? Check out their High Proof Flight or Ranch Water Flight. And you can't go wrong with their staff favorite flight, featuring Siete Leguas Blanco, Alonso Reposado, and El Tecaleño Añejo. SipTequila.com. Premium tequilas ship direct to your door. Tequila, at its core, is a celebration of the Blue Weber Agave. Painstakingly waiting years as the plant matures and can be harvested. Its best friends are water and yeast. And when they come together with authentic production methods, something very special happens. My guest today set out to create a tequila blanco that pays respect to these simple yet extraordinary ingredients and continues the legacy that his grandfather created. We're going to hear his story and try Lalo Tequila on this episode of the Agave Social Club Podcast. Hosted by me, Doug Price. Welcome to the show. This is the Agave Social Club Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Price. My guest today comes from a family that is one of the most recognizable families in the industry. I'm here with Eduardo Gonzalez, better known as Lalo. Lalo, so great to have you on the show. Thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doc. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to, to talk about tequila, to talk about tradition and authenticity. Lalo, you're carrying on the tequila legacy that your grandfather, Don Julio, created. As you're a third-generation tequilero, as your father was also very involved in the industry, he actually launched Don Julio in the U.S. back in the late 80s. It's hard to jump right into Lalo Tequila. Without going back and setting the stage that your grandfather created, Don Julio, one of the most recognizable names, as I said, around the world, can you tell us just a little bit of his story, as well as what was it like growing up with Don Julio? Julio as your grandfather. Yeah, as you well mentioned, it, it's it's very hard to understand Lalo without understanding the not not the Don Julio the brand, but the Don Julio the person and yeah. the Eduardo Gonzalez the person, right? And this is why I say this because my, my grandfather started very young working as a janitor at a tequila distillery in, in a small town uh, near Guadalajara that it's called a Totonilco. Yep. Uh, he started at the age of seven, working as a janitor at a tequila distillery. And he mentioned, like, when he was around, he was always saying that it was the only option there. He needed money, like, to literally to eat and to and to provide money to his family. So he started working there uh, as a janitor. And then, 10 years later, he turned 17 after being involved in all the process in tequila and also sales, because he was, like, smuggling tequila from one town to the other. He was like, I want to have my own distillery. So he went uh, with a wealthiest guy in town and he told him like, hey, I'm going to buy a distillery. And this guy was like, all right, how? You don't have money. And and he was like, well, you are going to give me the money (laughs) and I'm going to pay you back later. So literally that, that happened. So he bought his first distillery in 1942 when he was 17 and he started making some product and it was with a loan. So he started with a loan. Obviously he paid this this guy back and started making product for himself. And he was always saying that that he committed a lot of like mistakes and it's fine when you're learning and when you're growing, he was learning the hard way because like at the end, like there was not a lot of information around tequila. Tequila was seen as a cheap spirit 
until the 80s, early 90s, Tequila still had like a terrible reputation. Then he created his own brand that was called Tres Magueyes, and that run lasted for, for many years. But then when, when my father was around, he started also very young, working like the, as a delivery guy from the distillery to the retail stores, just delivering tequila. He was also very young, so he learned that way. Eventually, he became the vice president of the company, and, uh, and we were celebrating 45 years of my grandfather as a tequilero. In, we were throwing a big dinner in, in Guadalajara that was back in 1987, from 1942, 45 years later, 1987. And we were throwing this big dinner, and my grandfather actually had recently an aneurysm. So he was kind of like... A, a little bit down because they retired him from the company because it was a lot of stress involved. So my father was like, let's let's do something special for him. Let's create something special for this dinner. And let's put his name on the label to, to cheer him up. That brand was Don Julio. So, I mean, Don Julio was launched initially just as a private batch thing for this dinner in 1987, but it was a huge success. And I mean, and my father saw something that at that time, was like strange to name tequila as premium. You know, I really think that there's an after and there's a before Don Julio. So my father saw something different in tequila. He always had this argument, um, which is, I think, it was it was very valid. Like back in the '80s, especially in Mexico, if you had money or enough money, or you wanna like to drink something good, people usually was drinking like whiskeys and cognacs and all, all, all those like spirits that were like the high-end premium you know thinking of tequila as a premium spirit wasn't really that mindset back then yeah that's correct so my father was like i think it's not it's not fair for the agave that and the tequila itself that there's a lot of craftiness behind this spirit and they're not really like seeing tequila as a as a crafty product they're just seeing tequila as very cheap so in 1987, like two years later, after convincing my grandfather that Don Julio was a thing and that, that he could sell this bottle more expensive and compete against the expensive spirits or the premium spirits, my father was like, I, I, I want to launch this. And, and finally, in 1989, he, he launched Don Julio as a brand officially in Mexico City and in Guadalajara. The same year I was born, actually, so okay. 1989. The same year I was born, so I always say that I, I've literally have been experiencing and living uh, not only the world of tequila but the world of premium tequila since I was born. It was just natural for me seeing or being there at the distillery, just experiencing the process since I was very young, always learning. I mean, while I was explaining at the beginning that it's hard to. It's hard to understand the story of Lalo without explaining the story, the personal story of Julio Gonzalez, my grandfather, yeah. and Eduardo Gonzalez, my father, is because like they were really, really passionate about this. I want to give them back by honoring him, always honoring him with Lalo, but also respecting and honoring the agave that's kind of like the main thing about our brand about lalo it's amazing to think that he started working 
at seven years old. My son just turned seven last week and he's not working anywhere. So for your grandfather to start working and to be 17 and to already have 10 years experience of, of watching and learning and seeing, you know, I, I've read that he was a very confident man. I mean, for him to go to this businessman and say, Hey, I've got the plan. I just need the funds and you're going to give me the funds. And the guy said, okay, let's do it. I mean, it speaks to his ability to know what he was capable of and for you to be able to watch this your entire life and to see you know his passion for making quality tequila back then and your father as well what was it like when you know as you were growing up you said you've been in and out of the distilleries but any memories come to mind as he was you know that passion was so much there while he just loved tequila and the agave plant you know, something that is uh, very interesting about his story is that more than the production process, he was very passionate about the, the agave the agave fields, like the actual plant. I, I just remember early, very early in the morning, driving from Guadalajara to Atotonilco, but before like stopping at the distillery, we always stop at the agave fields. And he were just watching the sunrise on the agave fields. And he was just by looking them, he was like, okay, they're healthy or oh, I, that, that area it doesn't look like great. Let's do something there. And just like by looking them because he was always around agaves. I, I know that memory of being with him there uh, at the agave fields and then driving to the distillery, all the respect that the people around the distillery had for him and him naming every single person at the distillery by his name and being humble and being very approachable. Uh, I learned a lot of, of being approachable with the people by being with him. And also he's very funny because like as soon as he got into the into the distillery, always to the stills, his finger on the on the steel and just tasting, you know, and he was like, okay. Perfect. You know, so uh, I, I mean, yeah. just checking. And I mean, I learned that from him, but then also from my father, my father, it's kind of like weird because like he wanted always me on, you know, on meetings, even, even though I was like very young, he usually was like, come, come with me to this like lunch, just stay there, just listen, just don't talk, but like yep. listen. Uh, and I learned also on how to build a brand doing like, what he was doing. Basically, my father built the Don Julio brand from like scratch. Like he was like telling this story every single day, multiple times a day. And uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Well, I imagine just, I mean, it gives you a little bit of the best of both worlds. From your grandfather, you got to see how important the fields are and the love and appreciation, the care for the fields. And then your dad brings you in on the business side where, I mean, to be able to just sit in these meetings and not say anything and just listen and learn because, you know, you've continued the tequila legacy with Lalo Spirits. And, and this also started as a, a friends and family batch before launching the brand. What was it that, that made you, I mean, you've been prepped for it your whole life. You've been prepped for this, but what was it, the defining moment that really made you want to start this? And, and tell me just a little bit of that origin story of Lalo Spirits. Yeah. So there's, there's something that it's kind of like uh, that I also experienced while I was developing this is that when I, when I made the decision of, of doing this, it's because 
my, my childhood friend, David, calls me one day. Uh, he's from Guadalajara as well. And it's, it's kind of crazy because it's kind of like a similar story. He started working very young for Herradura on the marketing and, and, and PR side. Uh, he started working like at 17. He wasn't like even like le better legal. Seven. It's yeah. better than seven, right? But still, well, he wasn't legal like to drink in Mexico, but he was working for a spirits company, like doing like a, like helping them on doing events and parties and inviting people get together, like to know a special edition brand released from Herradura. And then he moved to Cuervo. And while Cuervo owned Don Julio or 50% of Don Julio, he was doing parties and, and events and launching or, or making the, the launching strategy for Don Julio 70, which is Don Julio 70 Cristalino. We can talk about that later, right? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> he, he calls me one day and tells me, Lalo, guess what? I am working for Don Julio, the company now. And I want to know more stories about your, your family. So I was like, okay, let's, let's talk about tequila. And it's, it's funny because like, it's just, it was it's just normal for me. People said like, how was growing up with Don Julio? And I was like, it was normal. I mean, it was my grandpa, you know, yeah. and I used to have lunch with him every single Friday, every single Friday at his Guadalajara home. It's funny. We started to talk uh, about, you know, tequila and Mexico and the culture and how tequila for the past like tw 10 years have been losing authenticity, right? Especially with all these new trends. Yeah. It's a very crowded industry. And after, after seeing a shelf at, at a bar, we're sitting and there, we're like, why? Like, there's a lot of confusion here. Like, why people, they're not focused on, on the core of this of this industry, which is the Blanco, right? Obviously additive free and traditionally made. And, and we're like, why, why are they trying like to do Cristalinos? Why are they trying to do, you know, different like barrel aging, which I get, I get, it's kind of like being, being different. And, but, but still you can be different doing traditionally made Blanco, you know, at that point I said, David, I don't know if this is my passion. I guess it would be my passion because I've been living this for since I was born, but I have to give it a try. I don't know if I will like this because the reality is that you don't really know that something is your passion until you're actually doing it by yourself and from scratch and from like from the ground. I don't know if you can agree with that, but like you're uh, motivating yourself. You don't have yeah. someone else, a family member saying, this is something that you were born to do. It's you saying, Hey, I'm going to choose to do this because I'm passionate about it. Yeah. So that happened. I was like, let's give it a try. Let's, let's build this. Let's, let's do it the right way. We're not in a rush on building this. And, and this, this was in, in 2015, okay. like seven years ago. And I were like, look, we, we will start this. And, and let's see how, no, you know, how it, how it works. But we, we decided to launch this like exclusively for friends and family by accident, uh, just the same way that Julio was launched for weddings, for private events. And people, they were just like crazy about it. They loved the story. They loved the product, the bottle, the everything that was around it, you know. Uh, still, we needed like some, you know, polish around the bottle, and the, it was it wasn't called Lalo at that time. So we were in 2017. We were serving Lalo at a wedding, 
And then uh, I met uh, a good friend from Austin, Texas. And he was there just looking around and just amazed for what was happening and, and that wedding. I don't know, Doc, if you have had the opportunity of being on a Mexican wedding, but it's crazy. <laughs> I, I have not, but I imagine, I imagine it's crazy. Yeah. So, so we were there and, and Jim was like, Lalo, is it normal that the grandma of the bride, the bride and the girls are drinking like straight from the Lalo bottle? And I'm like, uh, well, it's pretty normal, you know, for a Mexican wedding. It's Mexican weddings are kind of crazy. And then he was like, wow, like this is amazing. Where are you we're having fun? And Jim told me like, Lalo, no kidding. You guys have a great story. You guys have a great product. If you guys need any help in the U.S., if you want to launch this like in a bigger market or if you want to, you know, like spread your, your story in, a, in the U.S. market, I'll be glad to help you guys. The background of Jim is, is all about uh, CPG industry, like products. Okay. So uh, he, ha- he has like a lot of experience and knowledge around launching uh, consumer packaged goods. So, I mean, at that point, I, were, I was 27, very young. And uh, we were reached out by, you know, by a, a, a group from LA and they wanted like to, you know, to showcase the, the Lalo bottle in, you know, in these shows, TV shows and whatever. And I was 27. I was, wow, like, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. But, but like Jim was like, guys, the story cannot be diluted with, with something else. Yeah. The story can live for itself. Uh, and he was like, let's, let's do this, but let's, let's launch this on a smaller scale and, and let's do it more mindful of the story and let's build this from word of mouth. Just kind of like the opposite way of like what's happening now in tequila, right? Right now in tequila is like a lot of hype, you know, a celebrity. Yeah. A lot of hype. And then, you know, if a celebrity is backing the brand, it's just a boom and it's just a different way of doing or launching a, a brand that that has a story, right? That has a story to tell. He leaned us into into you know doing this in a more you know mindful way. So we made some tweaks on the packaging, and while we were making making some these tweaks on the packaging and changing the bottle and doing some arrangements like to to put the bottle like and the brand ready to be launched in the U.S., my father passed away. At that at that point, I said, you know, it was a shocking experience for me, obviously. But I was like, I want, I want to. I mean, that experience encouraged me even more to continue the story and the legacy of my family, but doing it the right way and honoring the agave and honoring honoring my grandfather and honoring my father, not only by doing a tequila, but by honoring the agave. I think that being Don Julio's grandson. It's not a reason enough to launch a brand. You need to stand for something. You need to stand for authenticity. You need to you need to bring something different to the table. Yeah. And we're trying to make an impact in this industry. I don't know if this impact will be big or small, but still, even if it's a small impact, I think it's way better than just doing something because the tequila market is hot because it's sexy to, to have a tequila brand. So the main idea of Lalo is that, is to, to have an impact on the industry and, and how and why are we doing, and how are we doing it or how are we trying to make an impact is by standing for Blanco only tequila. 
when I get to explain why we're doing a Blanco, people that they're not very familiar with the tequila uh, industry, they're like, oh, now I get it. It makes sense, you know? Yeah. And and I totally respect the, the, the brands that, that have like, you know, Reposado, Añejo, yeah. and Extrañejo. But uh, that's what we stand for. It's a matter of principles and we will keep it that way. And I think that we can have an impact by doing this. Well, and I'm sure not an easy business decision when you're talking about shelf nope. space, when you're talking about SKUs. I'm sure at some point, you know, as, as Jim's got the expertise on launching a brand, were there conversations of, hey, what's next? Let's get some in the barrel for you guys to say, hey, no, we're, we're going to really just showcase the agave plan. We're not going to have the barrel come into it at all. Any contributions. We really want to showcase the agave plant. I'm sure that's not the easiest business decision because, you know, we're used to seeing, oh, when are they coming out with this? When are they coming out with this? And so on and so on. It's not an easy business decision, but but also I think that it's not only the business in this. And yeah, I mean, when we were starting, every single person in the industry was trying to tell us how Lalo will not work. <laughs> <laughs> by only doing a blanco and we were like well it's we're gonna give this a chance and and, and we'll see i see lalo as a as a three element brand and us as founders we we see lalo as a three element brand or as a three pillar brand uh, or company uh, the first and most important pillar is the product uh what's inside the bottle yeah uh, the second one is the story you know, the story needs to be consistent with the product. If you don't have any story to tell, then uh, I think that you're missing something there. And, and then the third one is the packaging. And uh, I always, always, when I tell the story, I, I, I explain in, in depth all these three elements. And uh, and speaking about uh, the story, the story is not only the Don Julio story. The story is about how we honor the plant, how are we trying to be different. Uh, speaking of shelf space, for example, it's just like, if that's the reason of, if, if you want shelf space, like to have like more opportunities for the consumer to see your bottle, uh, if that's the reason to have like more SKUs, then it's not worth it. And it's also about honesty. Blanco is what we drink. So if we were like doing Gañejos or Reposados, uh, to be honest, like I only drink Blanco. And we as founders, the three of us, we only drink Blanco. So it's just a matter of principles and honesty and transparency that I think, I really think that the industry can have more of that. You're currently out of NOM 1468, Grupo Tecalero, Mexico. Uh, they've got maybe a dozen brands or so. You're in really great company. They, they've got Alchemia, PM Spirits, some some great brands coming out of there. What process did you go through with, with picking the right distillery when you were making this, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017? This was a small batch for friends and family. Was it made there? Was it made somewhere else? Are you dialing in the process? But But how did you arrive at NOM 1468? I was looking into like many options on, on where to make Lalo, right? And while I was digging more into like the ownership of, of those uh, distilleries, I came across this name, this amazing man. He He's called Juan Antonio Gonzalez. He recently passed away. And I met him and I told him like, hey, I, I know that you're probably, I think that you're, 
friend of my grand or you or you were friend of my grandfather and i think that you used to you have a gavin you used to sell a gavin to my grandfather a long time ago and he was like lalo i met you when i was when you were like five years old you were running around your uh, grandfather house and i met you i was at the break i was having breakfast with your with your grandfather and i'm like Ah, so you're that guy. So he he like as a backstory, he started in a, in the agave business, and then he he was provide or supplying. He was a supplier of my grandfather in, in agave, and they became great friends. And then he built or then he like built his uh, distillery, and he was doing like a small volume of tequila. Uh, and when I met him, I was like, hey, I, I have these this project uh, that i that i really want to make but i really want to be involved in the process like if you if you let me do the process that i want to make in in my brand i'll do it if don't then like i'll just move and look for another option because yeah. like basically I, I mean probably you know doc how it works uh, on contract distilleries like yeah. usually you go like if you if a random guy wants to have their own brand, uh, they go to a distillery and they line up like five or six different like profiles. And then they're like, okay, you, you, you pick you. Oh, okay. I like this one. Okay. And that's it. But this was like a different thing. I was like, Juan Antonio, I want to have like hands on on the agaves that we're using. Uh, I want to have hands on on the yeast that we're using and the process on the distillation process. I know what I want here. And he was like, I'm going to help you and let's do it. So he was very supportive, always, always. And until until he passed away, like he was very supportive with us. And, and now his family is running the the company and we have a an amazing relationship with them. So it's kind of like a beautiful story also of friendship and family and, and just like, like long lasting relationship you know yeah. and and care and i mean i i go to the distillery and i and they know who i am they know what's the tequila that they're like producing like they they i i know them like personally every single member and 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 and, and i do that because i learned that from you know from my grandfather so it's it's just like a different way of doing it and uh, and this this family has been very you know supportive with with us you're very intentional about the direction of lalo your goal as we talked about was to create a clean authentic tequila blanco uh, your latest batch is out it's delicious you've continued to improve upon it we talk about how important that process is can you share the process of how lalo is made yes of course we just moved to like the grupo tequilero mexico just finished their new distillery so we just moved to that distillery and we're producing there now okay the same same norm but some improvements on, on production process that we, we can talk we can discuss that while we are going from step to step in in the process so first of all agave agave is since since it's since tequila or or a, a traditionally made blanco only has like three ingredients you know it's just agave water and yeast that's it like every ingredient matters a lot, you know. So first of all, agave. Uh, we we're sourcing our agave from Grupo Tequilero. Okay. So they have a branch of like a farming 
branch. So the the the, ama- the good thing about Grupo Tequilero that or what we're sourcing agave from them is that they have a socially responsible company certificate, which is called em- Empresa Socialmente Responsable in in Mexico. And this certificate uh, the Mexican government gives them if they they have like comply like a lot of requirements, but uh, mainly the most important one is like the people and the environment. They have to take care of the people, the environment, and the suppliers. Okay. That's, that's kind of like the summary of, of this certificate. So buying a gun from them, we're making sure that they are, you know, taking care of the people that is harvesting the quemadores. They are taking care of the environment. They're letting the, the agave fields rest for, you know, when you're not over exploding the land or the soil. Uh, and also, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a responsible farming company. So we're sourcing agaves exclusively from the highlands of Jalisco with okay. Grupo Tequilero. And obviously, fully mature agave. And people ask me all the time, like, what's a fully mature agave? It's like, it doesn't have to be seven or six years or five years. It's just like when the agave is ready to be harvested. And when the agave is ready to be harvested is when the sugar levels are like stale and they're just like uh, on, on, on the same level for for a, a certain period of time, it depends on the elevation, it depends on the soil. It has a lot of like different variables that uh, in order so that you can notice that the agave is fully matured. So we only source agave from the highlands of Jalisco from a matter just of flavor profile and supporting the people from the highlands since my family is from there. So uh, that's like mainly like the two reasons why we're sourcing agave from the highlands. Once we harvest the fully matured agave, we we want to transform uh, all the carbohydrates of the of the agave into sugar, and we do that by doing a low pressure stone oven slow cooking process, twenty to twenty four hours of steam, twenty to twenty four hours of cooling down on okay. resting our ovens. So I always explain this as a as a way of cooking like at home. Like you can cook your pizza on a, on a, like on, on wood, like with these like stone, like ovens, you can cook your pizza, uh, probably on the electric oven, or you can cook your pizza on your microwave yeah. and, and in tequila goes in as the same, but the process of how it's cooking is very different. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so at the end you will get like the same result of like transforming all these carbohydrates into sugar, right? You will have sugar, but it all depends on like how are you transforming that, that sugar. So we're doing it on low pressure uh, stone ovens. Uh, once we uh, have the, the cooked agave ready to be crushed, we crush the cooked agave with uh, roller mills. Okay. And while we are like doing the, the milling process, we uh, were washing the, the cooked agave fibers with deep well water to wash the fibers and extract the sugar. The deep well water and the water source uh, of the distillery is also very important. And it adds this balance and minerality to our product. Since the Highland Agave has more, you know, fruitiness, floral flavor profile, you're missing kind of like this minerality. And you're get, we're getting that minerality from the water that we're using, the water source. So once the, the brick, we try to maintain the bricks level 
something between 11 and 12 bricks so that we can be ready to be to to start the fermentation process once we have all the or once we finish the extraction process we we start the fermentation process and something that i kind of like changed from not changed but like wanted to to highlight i wanted to highlight this fruitiness i always have this memory of being at the distillery and chewing cooked agave like when i was like a kid I, I obviously I was not able like to drink, but I was able to chew cooked agave. So I was like, I want to take this flavor into a bottle. You know, a way of doing that it was by using the yeast that we're using. So we're using a champagne yeast okay. uh, on the fermentation process. But since also the the fermentation process takes place on opener stainless steel fermentation tanks, we also have like wild yeast that help us on, on this process. So no accelerators, we only like, we add the champagne yeast so that we can have this character that that also helps you with, to have like this consistency on like, how Lalo tastes? Well, it tastes like this. It's impossible from batch to batch to have the exact same uh, right. flavor profile because it's a natural product. It's impossible to have the same, but this is the character of Lalo. Well, uh, like the fermentation process lasts for about like five days, depends on the temperature. And once we have like this four, 4.5 ABB death must, then we start the distillation process. And then uh, I want to talk about the difference between the old distillery and the new distillery. So so basically until here, it's the same. It's the same process. Uh, on the distillation process, on the old distillery, we used to use stainless steel pot steels with copper coil on the inside. On the new distillery, we're using 100% copper pot steels. Okay. So that's a major, I think that that's a major improvement uh, on the process. As, as, as you know, copper like holds all the sulfur from, from, the, from the fermentation process and avoids this like bitterness sometimes solvent uh, flavor that could like they, that you can take all the way to the bottling uh, you can avoid that and you can have a more open uh, agave forward tequila that's my opinion okay with the copper with the copper so uh, we're we're using 100% copper pot steels twice the steels and once we distill it twice we we just dilute it to the desired ABV, and we just do a, a small filtration with paper filters to avoid any like undesired remaining from the distillation process, and then we bottle it. We don't chill filter. We don't like we we don't want to uh, hide or mess with the agave flavor, and that's uh, and that's what that's what Lalo is. I mean, I. I always take pride on saying like we're a blanco only tequila, three ingredient tequila, and 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 people will ask me like why are you only a blanco? And I tell them because it, I think it's not fair for the plant that the plant stays there for six seven years waiting to be harvested, and then you mask the flavor with barrels or additives. So I speak about the barrel aging in tequila, but I also explain the additive. Thing, which is also a big a, a big topic right now or a hot topic in, in, in tequila, right? So we're all obviously very proud to say that we're additive-free 
tequila. Yes. And Tequila Matchmaker, if you're listening and you do not have the Tequila Matchmaker app, uh, stop everything and go download the Tequila Matchmaker app. They do have a great program where you can get verified to where, man, they go through everything. They really look under everything to see what's going on. And you guys have been through that program to say, hey, we are verified, added a free. This is a very clean tequila. As you say, three ingredients agave water and yeast there's there's nothing going on here this is very crisp there's some citrus a little grassy but there's also different layers of flavor that you get on the palate what you're getting on the aromas this is what you would want in a pure blanco to sip on neat or to mix in a cocktail when you guys were dialing this in did you just know, hey, this is it? Or, I mean, even tasting it with a copper moving into the new distillery, what was that like as you were seeing, okay, we've made some changes with distillation, but we've actually improved this final product? I, I think that, I mean, when I when I started like to, like to taste like the product that was coming out of the new facility, I, I noticed that it was like more open. And uh, how do I explain open? It was less alcohol and more open into new flavors i don't know if that makes sense i'm sure i mean there's a different depth of flavor yeah it's it's i mean you have and then you have like this spectrum of flavors right so so you you get hit by it you know by by this cooked agave flavor but then some minerality comes through some cinnamon and then the 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 end of this peppery uh, white black pepper finish that a blanco tequila should have so it, it was kind of like a more open flavor, improved flavor. And still, I mean, as I mentioned before, we're still improving and trying to improve on the, on the process. Also, something that is very important that we're doing in, in the new distillery is that we are recirculating the water that we use for the steels to warm the, the steels and also to keep the, the, the temperature on the fermentation tanks. So we are wasting like 70% less water than a traditional distillery which is also very important water now it's we're we're draining our planet so we're trying like to to improve our water source and tequila look water plays a big part in the production of tequila so for you guys to continue to find ways to improve to use less water or to reuse in certain areas you know that ultimately is good for you but good for the environment yeah this is a a a super solid blanco i mean this is something that your father your grandfather they would be so proud of to to see and to taste and to know that that you're carrying on this legacy. As we said, this was you know really to honor them, but to honor the agave plant. We've talked about this. Three ingredients, nothing going on here. This is yeast, agave, and water. We mentioned we're not looking to go into the barrel, but is there any chance for a, a high proof down the road as you have proofed it down? <laughs> or are you saying, hey, we, we want to just live where we're at? Or, or maybe there's a chance for, for another variation of a Blanco? Uh, there's, a, there's definitely a chance of a high proof. Okay. I get this question all the time. And, and, and I love because it means that they really like enjoy Lalo and they would like, like to try Lalo in, in, in a different format, uh, if you call it that way, if you can call it that way. Uh, so, so yes, uh, there's an option of, of doing a, a high proof. Uh, and I'm just like throwing ideas, right? But like if, if, if I ever do something like that, I will go like all the way, like ancestral okay. cooking process, 
and Kaona Maze and, and High Proof. I mean, I if if we really want to do that, we're going to do it like all the way and super super geeky and possibly in the future we may see some other variations but but you guys are going to really Poss- take possibly, it to school yes. okay yeah this this is a great blanco i, I do want to make sure that people can can find this and purchase it you do have good distribution but easily they can go to lalospirits.com and they can order directly from the website correct yes so they can order directly from our website i mean it's a 52.99 i guess uh we're trying to protect the retailer's business and the independent retailer's business. Uh, So that's why like on our website, it's a little bit more expensive, but you should find Lalo at the liquor store, something around like $45.99 and $49.99. We try to keep our margins or squeeze our margins so that uh, we can have a fairly priced blank one that people can actually buy it for them, but also give, give away like to people. Uh, we want yeah. Lalo to be a, a consumable, not a collectible brand. We want we want people like to share Lalo, that and that I actually they can share it, and they're not paying like you know crazy amount of money to get a, a bottle. For the quality of tequila that you are putting out for that price all day long, people should be finding this, picking it up, trying it, and as you said, sharing it, coming together and sharing the different levels of flavor profiles that they're getting. And I would sip on this, but I would also put this in a cocktail. This is a very solid Blanco that plays well both ways. Social media, I know you're pretty busy on Instagram, you yourself, (laughs) and then Lalo Spirits for Instagram. What is your Instagram in case people want to keep up with what you've got going on yeah so my instagram is lalo gonzalez g i try to answer every single message that i get uh and also in facebook i have i'm in a lot of like facebook groups so i mean i I try to answer like all the questions around the brand i also try to thank every single person you know that like they're excited about lalo and that they talk about lalo so yeah i've seen i've seen i'm in some of those same groups and i've seen the engagement that you have as people are making posts or commenting you're quick to go hey thank you for purchasing this or answer any questions so so good on you for for being available you know as you said you learned that from your grandfather he was very <laughs> yeah he was available and he understood that people matter and and you're living that out as well lalo great job great job again with continuing on the legacy uh for your family and putting out out a phenomenal Blanco tequila. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to cheer also uh, for my team. Uh, we have an amazing team in the company. They are always in the streets telling the story and doing the, the hard work and hard lifting in, in with Lalo. So it's not an easy job, but I just want to say thank you to them and, and to all the people involved in Mexico as well and all the people involved in the process of of getting this to the consumer's hand in the U.S. Absolutely. Well, Lalo, thank you again for being on the show, and and cheers and salute to you and your entire team. Thank you so much, Doug. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Lalo Gonzalez with Lalo Tequila. To learn more about the brand and purchase Lalo Tequila, you can go to lalospirits.com. If you're enjoying the show, would you do me a favor and rate it and leave me a review on Apple? A big thanks to SipTequila.com for sponsoring the show. I'm Doug Price, and please drink responsibly.